Being Black in America comes with its challenges. However, we understand that enlightenment through education is the oppressor's worst fear. By bridging the gap between academia and the people, our purpose is to equip you with knowledge that breaks down barriers during your journey towards truth and freedom. Welcome to the Black and Highly Dangerous Podcast. Hey, yo, Dav, how's it going? It's going. Preparing for a, another week of travel. I... I feel like I'm traveling all the time, but I am going up to Massachusetts to try to close out the school year. I have some meetings and and things of that nature. And once that's done, hopefully I can start my summer break like you were talking Uh, about last week. Yes. I'm so looking forward to that. A couple more weeks. Freedom. Um, Also enjoying this fabulous weather. I feel like it turned, it went from winter to summer in like two weeks, but I guess I won't complain. (laughs) Yeah, spring is really becoming non-existent, which is very weird. (laughs) Playing with my favorite seasons. What's going on with you? Nothing much, you know, same old, same old, finishing up the semester, Um, end of the year gatherings, meetings, faculty stuff finals, all grades, all that stuff uh, before I get the freedom of the summer. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's fun to somebody. (laughs) 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 Um, So we got any old Lord news this week? Of course, of course. You know, I because we're coming up on, on Mother's Day, you know, I'm I'm going to try to balance it with some I guess heavier things or not so bright spots and old lord news, but also try <laughs> to end it on a on a good note, I guess. All right. All right, let's see. Let's see what you got. Hello, and welcome to BHD News, where we give you the most current and eye-opening old lord news of the week. Join us as we present news that'll make you want to say. Okay, so for our first story, this is a warning to anyone who might think it is a good idea to, you know, walk up to a wild animal and decide they want to take a selfie. Okay. So a man in India decided he was on a tour and they saw a injured bear and he decided that it might be a good idea to take a selfie. And All of his fellow tour people, fellow passengers, warned him not to do it. He did it anyway and got into a struggle with the bear. And come to find out, this happened in India, and come to find out they are like the top place in the world where people die by selfie. Oh, die by selfie. Oh my goodness, man. First of all, why are you trying to get that close to a big old wild animal like that? That's that's already crazy in itself just to take a picture. Oh man. Dying by selfies? That's, that's, Dying that's new. By that's, selfies. That's, 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 but you know what? I mean, we are in a day and age where people are doing anything for selfies. You know, I see all the spoofs and comedy sketches of people just 
<laughs> you know, of the of what you would do for a selfie. So I, I believe it. We're heading into that kind of time period. We're already in that time period for real. It is, y'all. It is not worth it to try to impress people with that cool picture when you can lose your life. It's not that serious. Likes, getting likes is not that serious. It's really not that serious. Or if you really want it, just do... Do the Bow Wow Challenge, you know, Photoshop a bear in the background or something. Right. <laughs> yes. Much it's a little better. safer. It's a little safer. You can still get some likes, you know. <laughs> Although people uh, might laugh at you. People will laugh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so for the second story, two Native American brothers decided to go on a college tour at Colorado State University. They drove seven hours for this tour. While on the tour, I guess they were quiet, taking in their surroundings, you know, listening to the tour guide, maybe. And next thing you know, police officers walk up on them and remove them from the tour because a mother on the tour decided that she did not feel safe because they were too quiet. Oh my goodness, come on, man. Like, what is going on? I don't know. She said that she was afraid, she was scared by their shirts. They had like on shirts, like some with some heavy metal bands, which, you know, I guess kind of has like dark imagery, but I mean, they're, they're metal bands, but a combination of their identity, their quietness and their shirts. She told the police, she was like, I know for certain they don't belong on this tour. When the cops, you know, came up to them, they showed them their tour passes. But unfortunately, the tour guide did not know what was going on and went ahead after the brothers were pulled out and they were never able to catch up with the tour. And so they ended up driving back seven hours home, you know, without having a tour of the campus. And that's just so unfortunate. Oh, my goodness. Now we're getting the cops called on us because we too quiet. You know, oh my God, we cannot win in this country. We cannot win. We, how cannot does that make you nervous? Win. I'm being loud. I'm making nervous. I'm being quiet. I'm making nervous. I'm running you nervous. I'm, what? I'm smart. I'm nervous. I mean, it's crazy, man. It's ridiculous. No matter what you do, when are we going to address yeah. this? How, are we, how can we change Yeah, it's this really nonsense? crazy. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Anything else? All right, so you got another one? Yes. So for our final story, did you hear about the three black girls that were selected as finalists for a NASA spinoff competition? No, I hear about this one. Okay, so yes, high school students were able to compete. They were going to be able to visit NASA. Um, It was a public competition, so it was based on whichever team got the most number of votes. Well, once the black internet found out that three black high schoolers were competing for a NASA competition... They, of course, decided that they were going to make sure they won. And it was within the rules. So people were voting. They had 
almost 100,000 votes because of like this black internet push. Mm. And the closest team, it was eight total teams. The closest team was, I think, a white and Asian team. And they had like 16,000 votes. So, you know, with a day left in the competition, it was clear that these three black students from D.C. were going to win. They would win a trip to NASA and they would get support for their project, which they wanted to find a way to reduce like lead in public water systems. That was Mm. their project. And so once, I guess, white nationalist Internet found out about it, they actually tried to hack into NASA's competition. Oh, my God. Yes. And it it became a big uproar because these students went from like 90,000 votes to like a hundred and something. And yeah, we went off. Black internet went off. Like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, people were writing reviews on NASA's Facebook page. They disabled the page. And then it came out that, you know, NASA wasn't trying to steal these girls' votes. They weren't trying to change the rules of the competition. It was just that members of, like, this underground white nationalist board put out kind of a hack alert to hack into NASA's system. And so NASA, you know, kind of changed things to preserve the results thus far, but the competition had been compromised. And so Mm-mm. with that, I mean, that kind of sucked for them. But on the positive note, the D.C. Mayor's office actually awarded those three students $4,000 to further develop their project. We're still waiting to hear back from what NASA is going to do. I know they're going to put the top three teams on their website, but honey, those girls won fair and square. Mm-hmm. So um, NASA, get it together. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's give a round of applause for Black Pride. Let's go. Yay. Sorry, white supremacy. You could have won today. <laughs> yes. It is so crazy, though, because they were just winning. Like, we put, we voting, the power of voting. Mm-hmm. We put our mind to something. We were like, oh, it's going to be, uh, what's that movie called? It's going to be Hidden Figures all over again. That's what we said. And we made it happen. Yep. But racist Hackers tried to interrupt that. Always oh, hating, man. You can't, that's what I'm saying. You can't be black and quiet. You can't be black and smart. We can't do nothing. They just always trying to keep us down. But we, we, we always winning. No, they can't stop us, though. They can't. Yes, yes. But I, I thought that was really positive. It was great to see them doing, you know, great things and to get so much support. There's like this stereotype that black people only support, you know people that go to jail, like they're only putting their, you know, free whoever, but come on now, we support all of our people. And that was a clear testament to the fact that, you know, we, we're going to support our people. Mm-hmm. So shout mm-hmm. out yeah. to Black Internet. Nice. Shout out to them for sure. That's what's up. So did you uh, watch Saturday Night Live last I night? Di- I didn't watch Saturday Night Live, but I heard about the Gambino performance. 
and his video that was recently released. Did you check it out? Did you see Did you see Saturday Night Live? So I was actually at a sports bar. And so I kind of saw it on mute. It looked really interesting. And then to like wake up and see the This Is America video, I can I saw the similarities between his performance and this video, which had me like I'm literally still processing it. It was it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I watched it probably about three or four times already, uh, and I've actually articles already began to pop up about it. Uh, all the cameos in there, just the visualizations, a lot of hidden messages, um, trying to unpack it. It's really it's really some good creative artistry right there uh, with the song and also with the visuals. Uh, but he's really unpacking America in a lot of ways with the gun violence. Yeah. And, the 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 racism and a lot of things and even just kind of even how he kind of put in uh the message of the current uh like social media and statuses and likes and doing everything right like kids dancing and stuff like that and him dancing while all the chaos is still going on mm-hmm. still putting on that mm-hmm. performance um yeah, really, really powerful, really powerful. And I'm interested to see what the rest of this album is going to be like. But I'm pretty sure this is setting a tone for for giving us a taste of what he's about to be speaking on. And the, comp- and the complete yeah. opposite of what, you know, Kanye has been on. So <laughs> it, Lord, I was thinking the same thing. First of all, I thought it was really interesting how he like juxtaposed like the joy with the terror, like the happiness yeah. with the pain. Like one second, I'd be like smiling, like, yeah, yeah. And the next I'm like, oh, my God, like, did that really just happen? Especially when he kind of, you know, took us back to the church massacre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, wow, that's a lot to take in. And like you, I'm going to like watch that like so many times. But like you, I was also like, "Mm, I can't wait for this album because this is a type. This is the type of genius that I think Kanye wants to be. But he is no longer pulling it off. No way. No way. (laughs) He did. He uh, he's on a whole different planet right now. You know, he's not. Yeah. And it's why somebody like Gambino can do this is because he sits down. He really thinks about it, puts it out creatively, you know, um, understands the message and what he's trying to do. While Kanye just says the first word that comes to his mind and thinks it's it's genius. No, that's not genius, man. (laughs) You're not you're not prepping anything, preparing for any of this. You're just saying whatever it is. And a lot of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually found out that Kanye doesn't read, like you said. He just says, and so I, I kind of got tired of it all week because there were a lot of people on my Facebook that you know wanted to be like fake deep and pretend like they really got what Kanye, the genius, was saying. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, look, if what you're saying is not based in fact or even reality. Baby, you're not a free thinker. You a clown. Just stop. You know, make sure what you say is grounded in some type of knowledge about what you're doing, because otherwise you're going to look like Boo Boo the Fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people were trying to, like, find some understanding of what Kanye was saying. But the bottom line, he it's not based on anything. It's just thoughts that popped in his mind and he's been running with it and it's been causing all this chaos. And now you got Trump over here 
in his in speeches referencing Kanye West <laughs> talking about his increasing his black support now, like doubled it or something like that. Some some number, which of course I, I refuse to believe, you know. Well, it was a poll, but of course it was the sample was less than two hundred. Although we do know statistically, you don't need like a huge sample to be able to generalize. But it was some poll that they regularly do on a weekly basis that said like black male support went from like eleven percent to like twenty two percent. Something like that. Man, Kanye's bugging right now, man. Like I said. I'm like, get it together. One positive thing that came out of this is people have started to really go into their history and try to read and disrupt the narrative that somehow, you know, enslaved Black people were complacent or somehow complicit in in their own in their own position or station, mm. you know, during that time in life. And one thing I found that I am very happy about is I found this project called Freedom on the Move. And it is a historical archive out of Cornell University. And they are archiving fugitive slave ads. And they have found more than 100,000 that is 100,000 different ads that people put out either advertising uh, enslaved um, Africans that they found to say, hey, this this person, quote unquote, belongs to someone, which they didn't, or to say, I am missing, you know, this particular person from my plantation. Mm-hmm. And that's just that just shows how many people were trying. And that's probably not even all of them. Because yeah. think about how many were not advertised. Yeah. So I just thought that was beautiful and amazing. And it just say, learn your history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely goes against that narrative that Kanye was spewing that people were just passive in this entire experience. You know what I'm saying? Like even even referenced in Black Panther in you know, the movie, he says, you know, He'd rather, you know, jump like die than be in bondage because our ancestors were jumping off ships because they knew what was at stake. You know what I'm saying? That that's not being a passive, you know, in the in the whole experience. You're making moves to to resist in various different ways. And, and Kanye just mm-hmm. needs to pick up a few books and take a couple of classes before he starts speaking on this stuff. Um Whatever. That I agree. And his mom was like a African-American studies professor. She was a teacher. Which makes this. Yeah. Yes. That's that's what makes this all the more sad. Yeah. He said his dad was an activist, too. You know, and I watched that interview mm-hmm. with Charlamagne the God. And Charlamagne asked him, like, yo, you're not going to sit here and tell me that your mom would, like, vote for Trump or, you know, support Trump. You know, you're not going to and say that. Like, Charlamagne's like, I refuse to believe that. And he tried to deflect, well, like, my mom taught me to think differently. But he was like, would your mom be supporting Trump, though, like you trying to be? He was like this long <laughs> pause, you know, he was in, in deep thought, really thinking. But I'm like, man, this man clearly doesn't think stuff through, you know, he's yeah. saying all this stuff. He asked this question. Now, you're, now it seems like you're actually really taking in and thinking about what you're saying and doing. You need to spend a little mm-hmm. bit more time doing that, <laughs> my brother, before you start yeah. this nonsense. But speaking about mothers and, you know, what they tried to teach us and instilling us today, we have a some very special guests. Very do special. We not, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, this week uh, we have because, you know, we like to pay attention to the calendars and we see that this Sunday is going to be Mother's Day. 
we thought, let's have a discussion on motherhood. And with that being said, we thought, hmm, who would be some good people to talk to about motherhood? And of course, we decided to bring in our own mothers as guests who we interviewed for this week's episode on Black and Highly Dangerous. <laughs> um, which, oh, yeah. Mm. Do you think you're, do you think the audience is going to learn anything embarrassing <laughs> about you? You know what? Uh, me and Daphne, you know, we like to keep it real and we want to be transparent. And so having our mothers on as guests, that definitely uh, is the case. Uh, you guys will learn some things. <laughs> Yes, you have to be completely open to interview, like interviewing your mom and not knowing what she's going to say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's that's pretty scary. So, yeah, shout out to us for, for having that courage to do something like this. <laughs> but shout out to her. When Ty proposed it, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, that definitely was a Lord moment. <laughs> Well, you know, we did it. We went ahead and did it because uh, we think it would be a really good episode. And, you know, we had a lot of fun. You guys will see during the interview it was a lot of fun, a lot of laughing. Uh, if you can see our faces, probably uh, a lot of <laughs> blushing and embarrassment. But luckily, this yeah, audio. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of like scratching my head, like rubbing my head like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Next the question. Next question. <laughs> That was off the map. So, so yeah, hopefully I get uh, a lot out of it. You know, these are our mamas. So we had them on and it was fun. And, you know, they did shed some light and some drop some knowledge and some gems on the experience of motherhood and what to maybe expect and how to navigate some things. You know, a lot of people in, in, in me and Daphne's age range right now having kids for the first time or thinking about having kids. And so it was just good to hear some advice on what it's like, what to do, you know, how to operate. And then also just them sharing experiences about me and Daphne growing up and, you know, some of the things we may or may not have done, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, so I guess we should get into yeah, it because it's a very yeah. Let's get into it. Uh, hopefully, y'all enjoy it. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to our mamas. We love you, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Love you. All right, and love you yeah, both. Because without both of you, BHD would <laughs> BHD not be would here. Would not be here. So you you help birth this too. Yes, yeah, so all of y'all need to be thanking all of our listeners. You need to be thanking our mothers, these special guests, because you not have this. If it were not for them. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, check it out and we'll, we'll catch up with y'all later. We both have huge jobs, but when I come home from mine, from, you know, saving lives and whatnot, I start a whole other second huge job. When you come home, you play video games. Babe, that is ridiculous. That's the sound it makes when I get a work email. You have lost this round. Playing time, four hours, 13 minutes. New record. Okay, maybe I have a little problem. Just a little bit. Hey, Dad. Hey, babe. Mom? Yeah. I forgot to tell you last week, but Jack and I need two dozen cupcakes for school tomorrow. Yeah, that's 23 cupcakes. Tomorrow? Oh, great. That sounds fun for me. And be careful with the frosting. Last time you made some, it looked like you did them last minute. Yeah, you kind of phoned it in, Mom. <sighs> did you even hear what she said? Yes, she said, hey, Dad, 
Minty said something to you. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there's like a thousand invisible things that I do around here that aren't even on your radar. Okay. Babe, I hear you. Hmm. Let me tell you what. Let me handle all the kids' stuff this week, in including whatever it is that Diane just said. Really? Yes, really. That would be great. I could really use a break. I know. I know you look tired. I look tired, Dre? Mm-hmm. Oh, look what's here in the paper. Your obituary. Yeah, okay. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's been 10 years since I've had a baby in this house. And I don't know what I'm doing. You have four amazing kids. They're fine. Okay, so if you don't have this down, what the hell am I supposed to do? You're the perfect mom. I hate that expression so much. What, everybody else gets to have flaws? And moms have to be perfect? (laughs) Oh, God. It's been so long. My God. And I'm older, and kids are... Babies. Babies are stronger now. Like we... I'm really sorry I was so judgy. Yeah. Here is the deal. Okay. From now on... We are gonna support each other. I like that. Because we are amazing. Mm. We should all support each other, but we can't. <laughs> Cause you two are failures. <laughs> Come on with grandma. Every day, Gigi. Every day. No new In my house, the most important holiday of the year was Mother's Day. You'd think it'd be Christmas. And it might have been. If Jesus cleaned our house and cooked our meals. Wants meatloaf. Have you thought about what you want for Mother's Day, Mom? You kids cleaning up the house, that would be nice. You tried that. When you sprained your shoulder, remember, it didn't go too well. It went well for you, lazy. Hey, Dad, what you get, Mom, for Mother's Day? Me? Why should I get anything? It's Mother's Day, not Wife's Day. What? Um, maybe some flowers. I wanted to get my mother something nice, because all I could think of was how much she sacrificed. She sacrificed at home. Okay, who wants pizza? And she sacrificed in the streets. Thanks for your coat, Mama. That's okay, baby. I, I like the cold. You know what, you guys? You don't have to give me anything. You give me such great gifts every year. No, we don't. Just make you some stupid gift out of macaroni. My macaroni oven mitts were not stupid. Yeah, you're right. They weren't nearly as stupid as your macaroni hot cone. Shut up. Or your macaroni macaroni bowl. Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to BHD Podcast. Today we have some very special guests uh, here with us to celebrate uh, Mother's Day this upcoming weekend. Um, And... Of course, it is our mothers. <laughs> yes, yay. Hand yes. clap for mothers. Hand clap for the moms. So, hello. Yes. <laughs> hello. Hi, hi, we're here. You guys are here. <laughs> we feel like it's the only, the right thing to do is have our mothers join us for this Mother's Day episode and just have a conversation about motherhood, motherhood on this particular day. So, uh, moving forward, we have some questions for our moms. Um uh, we can learn a little bit more about them and motherhood, and I'm sure you'll probably learn a little bit more about me and Daphne as well throughout this process, because we are their children, and I'm sure at times they'll be talking about their children. Um, but moving and forward, to that, I say, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to put ourselves on, oh, Lord, new segment, probably. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so we'll just start off the the conversation with I guess each of you can just you know tell us a little bit about yourselves to break the ice, and then we can move from there. Okay, yeah, I'll start. Uh, I'm a family of nine. I have eight brothers and one sister, and I'm the baby of the family. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm spoiled. <laughs> oh, oh, is that that's so? a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. else about yourself? Uh, yeah. Oh, I just I work for the University of Chattanooga, and you know, I'm married, along with you, with two other siblings. Nice. Things in life has been good. Well, that's good to hear. Daphne, you're not the baby, are you? I'm the baby too. Oh. Yes, Daphne is the baby. <laughs> she, is she spoiled? Is she spoiled too? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm an independent I woman. Spoiled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an independent woman. I'm not spoiled. <laughs> Right. She's spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ma? Okay. Um, I come from a family of six, four girls, two two boys. Um, I, I'm married. I've been married for 33 years. I've raised three boys. Um, I've been on my job as a bank manager for 25 years. And now I'm at the point in my life where it's like empty nester and I'm you know, happy about that because now I'm at the place where I'm kind of <laughs> rediscovering me and, and, and that feels good. So I'm in a good place right now in my life. Okay. All right. In other words, she's happy all her, all her kids are gone. For retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I get both of you kind of mentioned as a part of your identity is that you are mothers, which, of course, that's the purpose of this episode. So mm-hmm. we want to know, how did it how did you feel about becoming a mother? What was that like? Well, I was ready at the time that I started having my children because I wanted to grow up with my children. And I wanted my children to be able to teach me as well as I'm teaching them. And I found it to be a very good experience. I had some good times. I had some bad times. You know, but other than that, I enjoyed my children, and I enjoyed carrying my children. And they had, I had different type of food that I craved with each child, and with mm-hmm. Daphne, it was greens and green beans. Okay. You know, I couldn't get enough of the two vegetables. <laughs> green and green beans. Maybe I, I love, love green greens. Beans. I love greens and green beans. <laughs> two of my favorite vegetables. <laughs> Well, that's what I ate all the time, carrying. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, for me, yeah. um, for me, um, becoming a mother it was one of the best things that um, happened to me. Um, like Daphne's mom, I always wanted to be a mother I, from a little girl. You know, I was one of those people that I'm going to have twelve kids. I'm going to have a huge family. So becoming a mother. Um, I was always happy. Um, I, I, I had my three boys. I raised them. Um, just always had good times. Um, just always um, felt good as being a mother as far as inputting into my kids, speaking life into them, um, watching them grow, and um, just always trying to have that positive outlook to make sure, you know, to see that they were going to grow up to be good men. Um, I just, I, I've always enjoyed it. I hear people have stories about motherhood and you know the bad side of it I mean like Daphne's mom said there's good there's bad but I enjoyed every minute of it whether it was good or bad just the experience of experience of being responsible for another human being and and um 
inputting in their lives and watching them grow and mature and um, just watching them become who they are and knowing that you had a part of another human being's life and making them who they are. You know, I just I just love every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Well, what were your cravings, Ma? Yeah. Oh, my cravings? Um, before, I, I remember when I was pregnant with Terrell, but I didn't know I was pregnant. Um, I remember having my husband get up. It was like 1130 at night. I'm like, I need some chocolate. Get me some chocolate. Oh, no. And I kind of... <laughs> I kind of kicked him out the bed and he ran up the street, got me some chocolate at 1130 at night. And he came home. I ate my chocolate. I was happy. And then a couple (laughs) weeks later, realized I was pregnant. But it was chocolate, that chocolate. (laughs) Kristen, if you're listening, this is where I get it from. (laughs) That's crazy, though, to hear that how I love greens and green beans and that's what my mom crave and you love chocolate. And that's what your mom is craving. That is so crazy. Yes. So, so the next question is uh, to both of you, um, you know, when you were becoming a mom or realized you were becoming a mom, were you nervous about it at all? And if you were, how did you maybe overcome that? No, I wasn't nervous at all. I did a lot of exercise, walking. I was I was more or less prepared with Daphne before the first two. I was very prepared for her as far as caring her and nurturing her and things. I was ready for her. I was just ready. I was just hoping she didn't come. She came a week before my birthday. She was born in the same month. So you, don't, you, want to, you ain't want to share the birthdays? So, no, I didn't want to share the birthday. I sure didn't. But I, 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 I like my birthday. yes i really enjoyed carrying her and talking to her you know i talk Mm -hmm. with her and then you know where she would recognize things as as i met her Mm -hmm. she would recognize my voice and her eyes would go straight to me Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what she did and Mm -hmm. i picked her name out i picked her name out because my name start with my middle name is a d so i named all my children with a d Uh So that's how she got the name Daphne. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Um, with me, was I was I nervous? Um, I wasn't nervous in the um sense of you know not knowing that I was going to be a good mom or you know being able to feed my baby. Um, you know having to clothe them and house them. Um, I think my nervousness was from um. I have this human being here now that I'm responsible for. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that I would be that kind of mom that, you know, would be able to direct to direct my child in the way that he needed to go. They needed to go. And, you know, my nervousness was more or less being that example um, for my children that, um, that they would need because I didn't want the world to be the example. I wanted to be the example. So my nervousness was like, you know, making sure I was going to kind of do the right things, say the right things, you know, just that kind of nervousness, but nervous as far as being a mom and all, like I said, every minute of it, I always loved and, you know, still to this day, love the same thing, but I just more of being an influence on their lives, knowing that, you know, who they were going to be was going to, you know, was going to fall on me and my husband, you know, and that was a little bit of nervousness with me, um, as far as that part, but no, um, you know, it's it's been good. The whole ride has been good, you know. So what was the hardest part about being pregnant? 
with with any of waiting your pregnancies. What was that? Waiting on the last days for you to come. <laughs> waiting on you to come and not being able to really do things that you could normally do. Get up and do laundry, you know, mm-hmm. and just just waiting. That was the biggest part about it. Just waiting on the last couple of days. And, and all of a sudden they said, oh, you're going to have your baby. Okay. <laughs> you know, other than that, I really, you know, that was my only impatience about about the last minute of being pregnant, waiting on you to come. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could in order for you to come. I walked, I walked, you know, I just was more or less excited. And everybody was saying, when are you going to have that baby? Mm-hmm. I said, whenever she decided to come, I knew you was a girl. I didn't have a thing where you could say you having a boy or a girl. I already knew what you were. Mm-hmm. So I named all my children. I, I knew what each child was going to be mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me um as far as um being pregnant and what was the hardest thing um i for me because i was going through at the time with my pregnant um uh, before i got pregnant i was going through health issues it's so funny because when i became pregnant my children were a blessing to the point where they helped me with my help my health i became um I felt much better once I was pregnant. I didn't have any morning sickness. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff going on. So when I was pregnant, it was all good. Um, I had a lot of energy. You know, it was it was a good time. You know, um, I kind of just, um, I remember talking to Terrell a lot and, you know, speaking to him while he was in my belly and, you know, just doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, the, but the hardest thing, I guess, was I had to have a C-section. You know, so that part of the pregnancy was hard for me, you know, having to have a C-section and not being able to have it, have the child natural. But, um, yeah, yeah but it, it was, um, you know, it was good. I, I just enjoyed every minute of it, the growth of them, you know, watching your belly move and, you know, the different stages that you had to go through. And it was all good. It was good. OK, here's a random. I I'm not natural. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was actually about to say this is a random I'm not a mom or I haven't been pregnant question. Mm-hmm. Is it true that once you have one C-section, you aren't able to have vaginal births moving forward or is is that not true? They say I I, I had don't think that's true. Right. Mhm. I I have a friend that had a C-section. Right. And she turned around and had a, a vaginal. So, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. That's not always true. It's not. Um, with me, they suggested each time because I had the first one with Terrell, and then each one was um, after that. It was um, they they gave me a certain date to have the baby, so they took the baby at each one. So I had three C sections, which was the hardest part of my pregnancies um, because C sections are not easy, um, and it's you know a little mm-hmm. takes you a little longer to recoup after each C section. Yes, you have to stay in the hospital longer. And, you know, that when you come home, you know, it just takes a, a while, you know, for to heal with the C-section. So, like I said, if that's the down part of um, my pregnancies, what each one I had to have a C-section. Uh-huh. Well, I had all mine natural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have no medication. When I went to the hospital, I had my baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Maybe an hour. I was an hour with Daphne, but I had my children time. I went to the hospital. Daphne That's the way I always wanted it. I y'all, y'all wanted need to, medication or nothing. Y'all need to give a clap for mom on that one. Y'all need to clap. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And da- and Daphne, Speedy uh, Gonzalez. <laughs> Dang. Oh. <laughs> that, that moves us to yeah. our, our next question, right? Because I think many of our listeners may be around 
um, you know, the age of Daphne and I. And many of them will or may be experiencing motherhood for the first time. So what would be some advice you would give to first-time mothers about their pregnancy? Um, I would give them the advice for their first-time pregnancy to, um, to like be yourself, know your, know your own body, know your, because what's going to happen is when you become a first time mom, people are going to tell you a lot of things, you know, from their own experiences. <laughs> but I think that you should try to experience things your own because it's all different. Everybody's experience are very different. So a lot of times people will tell you what they went through and how it was for them. Um, but it, I think that you should, you know, for yourself, see, have your own experiences, live your own experiences, go through your own things. And, you know, if you have questions, ask the questions. Don't be afraid because there's a lot that you won't know. But a lot of things, people will just kind of overwhelm you, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, but I just say, have your own experience. Enjoy your own walk in this instead of, you know, taking on everybody else's experiences and how they went through this and what they went through. You know, it's all good. The information is good, but know how to tune things out and know for yourself, you know, what part is good for you and what part is not. Mm. That sounds like Make some your advice your son. Mm-hmm. That sounds like some if advice I, your son recently say, get. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own diary of every month mm-hmm. of your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. What types That's of things you do you do think that. you should write down? The experiences that your body is starting to change, you starting to feel growth in you, um, you know, yeah, just just everything about your body that you notice is different. Mm-hmm. Write it down, you know, because you will have time that you will look at yourself and say, "Oh." And you, one thing about pregnancy it is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Your face, your whole body structure, it becomes mm-hmm. beautiful. So you make sure that you write your own diary of how you started your pregnancy and baby tell your baby, this is how I describe you. This is you growing inside me. So every month you will have, you will notice a difference in your body mm-hmm. That's cool. of mm-hmm. your own. You do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in thinking about your advice, Mama Connor or Mrs. Francine, mm-hmm. um, did you have a lot of help from people to teach you about mothering? Um, what were some of the things you heard or, yeah, heard from people? Well, um, because my husband was in the military, we were in California, so we were away from family. Um, so it was just my husband and myself. And um, so I didn't have a lot of hands-on help. Of course, uh, my mother was there by phone. His mother was there by phone. But a lot of it, my husband and I learned on our own. You know, and what I what I did learn is that I knew that Terrell was my child. And um, I, I felt like I knew what was best for him. Like it was a bond that I knew, you know, when he cried, what he needed, you know, um, and it was just a bond that, uh, you know, like I said, that I felt that I was his mom and I knew what to do for him. I, it was something like they said, when you have a baby instantly, you just know what to do for that child. You just know how to take care of him. And, and the mothering just came right over me. So, you know, we did have people in the the church that we went to, they gave us some advice and told us some things to do until I had one of the mothers of the church. She gave me the advice that I just said. She said, you know what? Everybody's going to tell you what to do. They're going to tell you how to do it. But that's your baby. You know how to do what you, 
you know, what you're doing. You're not going to hurt them. You're going to take care of them. So when she told me that, I kind of let go of everything everybody else was saying. And I knew that Terrell was mine and there was nothing I was going to do to hurt him. And, you know, I was able to bond and it was it was it was good. It was all good. What about you, mom? Uh, did you have a lot of help with mothering? Yes, I had your great granny. She was spoiling you to death and she always made sure that I gave you the loving and don't hold you so much. And she gave me that kind of advice. You don't want to spoil them because people won't want to keep your baby. You know, with certain things like that. She always, you know, would say, no, you can't feed her at a certain time. You got to put on the schedule. You got to, you know, just fix it where she's going to be daffy. You know, and that's exactly what I did. I put you on a schedule every day, like my grandmother said, and it was just, it was nice because you was a, you was a good kid. You was a very good baby. No, you didn't cry. You didn't, everything that my grandmother had told me to do, I did. And that was the, don't spoil you, don't hold you, don't rock you, you know. <laughs> you, know you have to get all that kind of advice, you know, don't do this. Maybe that's you know. why I'm so uh-huh. introverted. <laughs> then nobody hold me. Nobody <laughs> Nobody hold that. They didn't want to hold you like they wouldn't let me hold you. No, put it down. Don't rock her. No, because if you have to go somewhere, then this is where it's going to have to go. Everybody's going to have to stop and hold you, and everybody's going to have to rock you. So they taught me certain things that not to do. That's what I got most of. Don't do this. I didn't get the things that I got the good things as far as loving you, but as far as just teaching you, just being a mom, no, this was a no. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, no. You cannot sit up and hold her. No. You cannot just you know, you cannot just rock her. You cannot just, no, no. And I was like, okay, mama, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so I got a lot of no's as far as uh-huh. the no's what not to do. Uh-huh. Because she was going to have to be kept. And they was like, anybody got to keep her. They're not going to want to do these things. Right. Rock you. You know, if you cry, you let you cry. It's all right if she cries. Because uh-huh. the people have a hard time. Like, oh, I got to get my baby. She's crying. You know, I got to get my baby. And I was like, no. Sometimes crying is good for them. So and mm-hmm. I had to learn that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was kind of hard for me, you yeah. know, to see you cry and can't pick you up. You know, no, let her hide. Make her lungs good. You know, <laughs> you know that was always one, one of the best things they would say. No, let her cry. Her lungs would be strong. She'd be strong then, okay? <laughs> okay. People, this might explain a lot of things well, you got some strong lungs <laughs> why I have strong lungs why I can run a lot and why I'm introverted and I can spend a lot of time by myself okay uh, <laughs> I, know, I know now uh, I guess we learned a lot about Daphne today learn a lot about Daphne God. <laughs> um, so you know I guess going along those lines too what can you remember maybe Again, maybe we got some potential or some first-time mothers listening or some people that might be mom soon. Um, What is maybe a a mistake you remember from when you were raising your child or your baby uh, that you, you know, because you were new to being a mom or whatever, you weren't sure and you, do you, you, can you remember one, one maybe to share with us, our listeners? Um, I know with me, I, I won't say it was a mistake. It was a not knowing um, when we brought you home and I guess maybe a, a, a month or two in, um, we, you were crying for a day or so, you know, so me and my husband were doing everything that we know to do, you know, feed you, change you, 
carry you, rock you, and you just kept crying day two, the same thing. So we took you to the doctors and finally we found out that you had an ear infection. And being a new mom, you know, I couldn't see the signs of you had an ear infection, um, you know, and the doctor said, oh, he was probably trying to grab his ear and do this like he was. But me being a new mom and not having anybody around me to tell me, you know, that that was your issue, um, you know, that was a that bothered me that I was your mom, you were in pain, but I didn't know what it was, you know? So for two days, you know, I'm trying to comfort you and there was nothing to comfort you. I couldn't comfort you. Um, that bothered me that, you know, my baby was in pain and I didn't know how to get him out of pain. And I couldn't recognize that it was an ear infection, you know, that you had. So yeah, that, that kind of did something to me for a second. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, mom? Were there any first time mistakes or things you just didn't know? My first mistake was putting you in the bed with me. <laughs> when you when you first bring a baby home, they cry and you want to cuddle them. And it's like, no, you cannot put her in her own bed because you could go to sleep and roll over on your baby. I couldn't get that through my head for mm. a minute or two. I had to just have you that close to me to where if you cried or anything, there you was in the bed with me. And that was my biggest mistake was putting you in the bed with me and I had to be taught that it's a no-no. So that was my biggest problem as far as uh, bringing a baby home and being nervous, having a baby in another room and, and you crying, but you're not right there with me. I wanted you there with me at all times. Mm. Mm. That was my biggest, really you know, sweet. scare. That is really sweet. It makes it makes up for her saying that uh, she did it all. Want to rock me? <laughs> no, but no. That that actually, I've read a lot about that recently, and we can put some resources on this episode because they have created like these cute little bassinets that you can now attach to the bed so that your baby is safely away from you but can still be near you. So um, we'll add some of that to the website. So what time period of your child's life do you think it is easiest to be a mom? And what part of a child's life do you think it is most difficult to be a mom? Um, For me, the easiest part was when my boys were younger. They were, you know, little running around doing their little thing. Because what I like to do when they were little, we um, always sat down because my husband, when he was working at nights or where when he was working, me, Terrell and his brothers would always get together when they were younger. And we would sit around and just talk about anything. They would come in my room, sit on my bed, sit on the floor. And for hours, we'd be in there just talking, um, you know, about their little lives and what was going on with them. And I liked and I always took those moments at those particular times to kind of you know, drop little seeds of nuggets and talk to them about certain things. And, you know, those are precious moments. Even to this day, when they all come home and we all get together, we'll do the same thing. We'll find ourselves in my bedroom. They're all around the floor, on the bed, and we're still doing those same things. So at that time in my life, when they were younger and we had those moments, those were like very treasured moments for me. And and those are the things that I loved. And the hardest part, I could say, is like now, 
I say the last four years have been the hardest for me to watch my boys. You know, they've been there and we've been a very close family, but to watch them go and leave home and not come. And I'm not, I know they're not, not coming back. You know, they're on their own. They're doing well. They found their wives. And um, for me, it's a transition where now I'm, um, you know, it's been a challenge, but I'm doing well with it. Um, you know, you got to make those boundaries and do the things that you got to do. But, um, yeah, so them leaving and, and going on their own has been the hardest for me. What about you, Mom? My my favorite was when I would tell you and your, your brother and your sister, y'all need to go to school and get an education because your mom can't read, your mom can't do this, and your mom can't do that, and you all will come home and make sure that I know how to read and I know how to write to one day your brother say, why did mama tell us she couldn't read when she's answering the questions that we need to be answered, you know, and, you know, <laughs> but this is, they, there was their joy enjoyment and I enjoyed them coming home every day, reading to me or doing math and everything. But at the same time, they did not focus that mama is teaching us how to do these things at the mm-hmm. same time, not telling us she already know how to do it, mm. you know, and that was my biggest joy. Of, of seeing my kids actually come in and do that, you know, and Daphne was that teacher. Mama, come on, let me teach you, let me teach you. But she never focused that mama could do these things, you know, and I really enjoyed that the most, you know. And then my hardest part was letting all three of them go, especially Daphne. Daphne was the one that was at home the most with me because she was the youngest. And... I went through a thing in life where I, I lost, Daphne had a sister up under her. And Daphne said to me, Mama, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to always be here for you. And she always told me infinity. She said, infinity, Mama. That means I love you and I'm going to always be here. Mm-hmm. So she stuck that glue in my head. So mm-hmm. now I'm having to let infinity go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I've, I've grown a lot to let infinity grow you know right. let her be able to go and things but that was the, that was my hardest but that was my most exciting part to mm-hmm. see her develop to be, become the woman that she is because that's what I instilled in her mm-hmm. and her sister and her brother the most mm-hmm. and I see them in me yes oh, okay wow y'all trying, mm-hmm. y'all trying to make a grown man cry over here man <laughs> 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 so, so the next question which is making me a little nervous but we're going to ask it because we're going to stay, stay true you know stay true to our listeners we ain't going to be I'm not going to hide anything here mm-hmm. can each of you I guess tell a funny story about me tell a story, funny story about Daphne for our listeners <laughs> well with Terrell Terrell you okay. so Terrell is just so serious and so always focused. Um, you know, he he really never, you know, just let his guard down. And I'm trying to, you know, what can I, what what did he do, do that's really funny? But the only time um, I can really think of is I was thinking about um, Daphne's mom when she was talking about don't hold a baby, don't do all that. Terrell, Terrell doesn't remember this because he was a baby, but we came home from... Um, 
California to visit our family. And I remember my sister saying, oh, go out, enjoy. I'll watch Terrell for you. You know, so I took a few hours, went out and did my thing and came back. And I said to her, well, how was he? She said, oh, he was fine. Don't worry. He was good. You know, so I said, "Okay, good. And then maybe a year or two later, I remember we were having a conversation and she said to me, when you told me to watch Terrell at time, she said, girl, he cried the whole time you were gone. She said he screamed and he hollered. Nobody could do nothing with him. And then when you, the minute he, you came home, he stopped crying, you know, so I, we laughed about that after, but she didn't tell me that in the beginning, but like Daphne's mom was saying, because I was the only one there, I held him all the time. So when somebody else had to watch him for a while, they just said he hollered and screamed the whole time. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You know, I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> okay, let's hear this story. Okay, when Daphne had two older siblings and they liked to ride their bike and they was outside riding their bike and Daphne had a train train wheels on her bike and they went off and left Daphne and she was just standing outside just crying and I said Daphne what's wrong she said nobody want to play with big girls little girls I said well Daphne I play with little girls she said you can't play with me you a mama I said Daphne yes I can play with you <laughs> you know and she, you know she was just, and she was running behind her siblings and I was like Daphne come back come back come back <laughs> and then another thing that Daphne did my grandmother would always have my grandmother had false teeth and my mm-hmm. Daphne would always watch her what she would do and my grandmother would put them on the coffee table and one day my grandmother put them on the coffee table and Daphne grabbed her teeth and was trying to put them in her mouth and my grandmother could not call anybody because she was laughing so hard and when we all got there we was like Daphne give me mama's teeth Daphne she was trying to get them things in her mouth and I was like oh my god I mean that was funny I think we, we have pictures of that too Daphne trying to get the teeth in her mouth and I was like oh my god yeah we need to we need to share we need to share those pictures <laughs> yes I have a lot of crazy funny pictures of Daphne Mm-hmm. But that's uh, that's basically it, you know. <laughs> she was just a funny little girl. That's too mm. funny. That's too mm-hmm. funny. So you have shared a time when we did something funny. We want you to share a time where we did something bad. <laughs> I, I never did nothing bad, so I'm all oh, okay. Oh, I have probably, a hard time believing <laughs> She probably got nothing to say on this question. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs> Um, I remember when Terrell was about um, seven years old. So we had went to the store, me, my husband and Terrell and his brother. Um, and we're shopping and we're doing whatever we needed to do. And him and his brother, you know, right next to us doing what they're doing. So we paid for everything and we left the store. And then we went out, um, Terrell and his brother just giggling and laughing. And me and my husband turned around and said, what y'all laughing about? What y'all giggling about? And Terrell showed us his little toy. We like, what you doing with the toy, Terrell? He done stole a little toy from the store. He's like, really? You know, that was so funny. But what we did is we took Terrell and his brother back into the store and made Terrell tell the clerk what he did and made Terrell apologize to the clerk. Hey, you switched on me. Oh. I'm 
So you don't remember that time? You don't remember that? No, I don't. I don't remember that. But I think it was. You just, know, wiped it from your memory. <laughs> I think I was just beginning my early um, research as a criminal justice researcher. Very early it, was <laughs> it was an experiment. Huh? That was your research, all right? Yeah, that's all I was trying to do. Just see if I can get okay. away. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so, we can just move on to the next no, question. No, you don't have no, to talk no, about. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear about bad girl Daphne? <laughs> I, I really don't think I did anything bad, but okay, mom, you can. You can. No, you did. You you had Daphne had one fight in her life, mm-hmm. and that was with her cousin. She definitely got the fight one time and got put off the bus. Mm-hmm. Because her cousin was messing with this little girl, and Daphne didn't want her cousin to mess with the little girl. And then her cousin both got to fighting. And when we got to the principal's office, and the principal said, "Aren't y'all related?" <laughs> and we was, you know, her, her auntie, and you know, we said, like, "Yeah, they cousins." You know, that was about the. That's the only thing that Daphne ever. Did. It wasn't bad. It was a good thing, but it was a bad that her and her cousin got to fighting. <laughs> you know, I, that was the only time. Only bad thing, definitely, to me, that she thinks she ever did. You know, mm-hmm. other than that, no, she's never been a bad kid. Mm-hmm. She is right about that. Mm-hmm. That was my social justice <laughs> mindset playing there. And I was just taken up for someone else. And it led to some so bobbing you, and weaving. So you started that, the anti-bullying campaign earlier the most. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> we just couldn't figure out why the cousins, you know, why they was fighting, but they got the fighting over it, you know. Uh, that is <laughs> Other than that, I've never had a problem out of her. Okay. Um, so this next question, uh, you know, we know when you have kids, your life changes, right? And there are things you probably enjoyed doing before you had kids. So name something that you used to love to do, but you couldn't do it anymore once the kids came along. Um, Me, it was quiet time. <sighs> love, love being by yourself, you know, just being able to sit and, and, and just do nothing and just have that quiet time. And I remember um, once Terrell was born, you know, that quiet time went away. Um, he would follow me from room to room to room. Everywhere I turned, Terrell was there. I go in the bathroom, I close the door. Those little hands were trying to get underneath the door. Mom, what you doing? Mom, what you doing? <laughs> I told my husband, I said, no, we need to have another baby so Terrell can have somebody to play with besides me. Because <laughs> my quiet time just went away. <laughs> yeah, but it was quiet time. I used to love being alone and having that little me time. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mom? What was spending time with your family, with with the family, you know, your aunties and how we all would get together on weekends or weekdays. You know, I could go and say, hey, y'all get some food. I'm going to cook. And then all of a sudden, I got children. Now, every day children grown, and I'm the only one with children. So I have to bring my children. So that's basically the most thing I missed about that was being able to go and be with my family when we have, like, girls night or you know, because me and my cousins and my sister, and we would all be at one house and we would just do cooking or just get on the bed and just talk to each other. So I kind of, I missed that. Up. I had missed that, you know, time with the girls. I say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will that, I say, enjoy. so she mentioned, so my mom is the baby, but like the extreme baby. So like 
her sister and brother, like, yeah, they could have been like grandparents to me. Not my aunt. I'm not saying that about you, Aunt Tara. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like some of my older, uh, uncles. No, no. But she's like the extreme baby. Which sometimes it's like a 10, 20 year gap. So, okay. yeah. She was running yeah, around with as her as my older cousins were like in their teens and twenties. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had I have older siblings that's in their seventies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the closest sibling to me is three years older. That's okay. it. Everybody else, I have a niece same age as me. You know, mm-hmm. so mm. it is kind of. <laughs> so this is the question that. Everyone wants to know the burning question. Do you believe in spankings? Yes. I yes. Do. Yes, I do too. I got them when I was little. I'm <laughs> so you deserve them too. Oh, what? <laughs> you know. Definitely. Mm, you got spanked, Daddy? Every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> it stopped after a, after a while, after but I did get up. I did get a few spankings. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm not even gonna call it spankings. I got a few whoopings. Some whoopings. Yeah. Terrell, Terrell got a few spankings, but the way him and his brothers, if you hear them describe it, you know they're little. You might tap them, or you might get a belt and like just tap them. So you know, mm. but they act like we killed them every mm. time they sit around and talk about it. Oh my God, they got a million spankings, <laughs> and we just almost killed them. And me and my husband looking at each other like we don't know what they talking about. <laughs> oh, so they, so they, were, they was just taps, huh? They was just taps. Okay. There was a little tap on your yeah, behind. You know? <laughs> I don't remember that. That's yeah, I know. The <laughs> <laughs> spanking work. The spankings work. Yeah, I think um, yeah. you know that children need to know right from wrong. You know, you just can't let them do whatever they want to do, and they need to know consequences of some of the things that they do. If you don't correct them, then they'll feel like even anything and everything they do. Is there's no consequences to it. So um, I believe, you know, we had three boys. We didn't have any issues out of you guys. Um, you were always respectful. You know, um, yeah, spankings work, you know, but I say spanking to an extent, not, you know, beating you all aside the head and, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, but spankings, they do work. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> the best way to, to get a child is your coffee table. If you have a coffee table and you have something on your coffee table and you don't want them to touch it, that's their first spanking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get those hands. That is their first spanking. Like some, like some, that's like coffee table. <laughs> I was that's about to say, where is this going? Coffee table? What? Like some teeth. Okay. Yeah, because you don't, want to, you don't want to have to move anything from your coffee table. That's right. a no. And right. that's your first spanking. Right, that's right. Every child's first spanking is the coffee table. And that's what we did when, to, when we made sure we kept everything in our home where it belonged. We were not going to move right. anything for them. So anytime they would touch something, they get a little spank on their hand. We tell them no, because I wasn't going to rearrange my whole home because you didn't want to know. You know, right. you wanted to act the way you wanted to act. So, no. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Oh, I thought the coffee you had a certain was- look. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and a, a mother has a certain look that she gives her children, too. That's, and that's a spanking it by itself. That's you it. You know, just that's looking it. at them. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> That's the truth. Okay. I thought the coffee table was going to somehow be involved in. I was like, I, I, Lord. So what do you think is a mother's biggest fear? Well, for me, um, my fear is, you know, I guess because of the world that we live in, too, is um, not being able to protect my boys, not being able to, you know, something going wrong and not, you know, especially I have, you know, three young black men and now they're all on their own doing their thing. Um, you know, my worry is that, Lord, you know, that they don't come home. You know, my um, I guess. You know, now that they're married, I don't call them a lot and I try, you know, I don't interfere in their lives. So I guess every night when I haven't heard from them or their wives, I haven't heard from the wives, I know, okay, they're home. Everybody made it home. It's good. But my biggest fear is that, you know, I don't want to get that call that, you know, something has happened to them. Um, you know, it's just that you want to protect them at all times and then you know that you can and you've taught them the best that you can, but now that they're out there in the real world, it's like, um, you know, my fear is that, you know, that they just be protected and, 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 uh, and be safe. Mm, yeah. I think that's a fear that a lot of mothers still have, especially in this current climate. So right. thanks right. for sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, mom? That's my biggest, biggest fear. Mm. Biggest fear. You know, I never forget when you first went up, when you went to, Harvard and I was on the then the news came across it was saying they had a gunman and I called you and you said, Mama, I got the message. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> no. That you know, I, you know, <laughs> she didn't make me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, okay, then why are you worried, Mom? Mm. But you know, it's just it's just um a, just a mother's nature. Once you become a mom or a dad, you will really feel what it is uh-huh. that your parent was trying to tell you. You mm-hmm. until you experience it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's it's like you can say, well, she said so, or she told me so. You will have a child exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Something about each one of your children will be you. Mm-hmm. And you will say, my mama used to say the same thing. My mama used to do the same thing. And I used to thought my mama was crazy because she would say such and such a, to me. Don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, I, I'm worried about you. And you would say to your mom, I'm grown, mama. I'm grown, but it's just a mother and father instinct that mm-hmm. kicks in with kids. I don't care how old you get. Yes. It's gonna always be there. Your mom, your mom in your mind, your mom is gonna be there. In your heart, your mom's gonna be there, regardless of what. So but I'm looking forward to my Daphne having a baby. I'm very looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I still can run. I still can play uh, basketball. I still can do all that. So I'm waiting on my grandbaby. Mm, mm, no comment. Mm. Oh, yeah, man. no comment. I'm, I'm right there with you. No comment. That is so <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> so I'm ready to... Give me another rose, you know. Uh, I need another rose. Add it on to my bush. So uh, I'm ready. Was, was there a next question? I, I'm trying to get to it. I just can't stop laughing. Okay, all right. Thank you, um, all right. So, what is one thing that you never had that you want for your kids? 
Um, I think in our family, what me and daddy tried to do, um, me and my husband rather, what we tried to do with our boys was, um, you know, give them that security um, in the family. We wanted um, our boys to have security to know that wherever they were, whatever was going on, that they could always come back home. Um, they could tell us anything that they needed to tell us. That's security, that sense of family and security, knowing that you are always going to be safe and that no matter where you were or what you were doing, um, you had that security in the family. Um, that was real important for us. Even today, you know, you guys are out there, you're doing you know, your own lives, but we, we always want you to feel like if you needed to, you know, you, you know, come home to talk to us or, you know, you, we just got your back. Um, we just always wanted you guys to have that security of daddy and mommy. They have us, they have our back. Um, you know, sometimes the world gets crazy and things go on in the world. And, you know, we always just wanted you to have that security in the family to know that we will always be there and we got your back. Aww. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. My yeah. words exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My words exact. I feel the same way. Yeah. As far as Daphne and her sister and her brother, I feel the same mm -hmm. way. Which yeah. I always, I always make sure they got a key to be able to get back in the house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, Our boys have keys you know too. Saying? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A key mm -hmm. to the car, a key to the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. A key to the bank account. Oh. To a certain extent. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want, you want to give an extra key out? You know, you want to give an extra key out? <laughs> so, have you all noticed any changes in motherhood from when you were a mother compared to new generations of mothers? Well, as far as I was a mother that was, I say, as they say, hard, but the mothers of today is I'm your friend. Mm -hmm. uh, I can dress like you. I can wear my hair like you. No, I want the respect that my mother had as mm -hmm. far as us growing up as children. And when we became parents, we had the same respect. We, we wanted the same respect as far as our children was concerned. I never wanted to be your friend. I always wanted to be your mom. I'm going to always be your mom. You know, but I did, now generation, you, you really... You really can't explain them. I really can't explain the new generation of moms <laughs> because what I see is, as a mom, you wouldn't think that a mom would do that mm. as far as the clothing, the hanging out, you know, I just couldn't see myself doing that. I, you want respect, and that's what I, I, I have. I have respect, and, mm. and I, as you become a mother, you want the same with your children. I can't see myself doing it. I don't like this new generation because they've taken um, restrictions. Okay, I can't whoop you. I can't tell you. I can't fuss at you in public. I can't. No. Uh, no. Take me to old school. Yeah. I got them spankings again. Uh, I guess I would say I would, you know, was thinking the same more or less like as far as um, motherhood in my day and motherhood now, um, me, as far as like, I'm kind of old fashioned as far as with the raising of the family. Um, I think, you know, the family should be the most important thing. Um, my children mm -hmm. always came first, um, raising them was my, you know, first priority. Um, you know, nothing else was more important to me than my family. Mm -hmm. Um, today's time, yeah. I think, 
um, mothers, you know, they have the, they, they have their children, but they have other priorities, which is good. I don't knock that. Um, they have the other priorities. They, they do other things. Um, but me, I just like, I love raising my family. I love being with my boys. I love teaching them, you know, like, um, like you were just saying how to respect elders, um, you know, how to say yes, sir, no, sir. Thank you, please. You know, all the old stuff. So, because I realized that, you know, raising a family, they're going to go out into the world and they're going to interact with the world. And, um, you just don't want them to be doing and act in any old crazy way because, you know, they represent who you are. You know, when you open your mouth, you're representing your family. When you do the things you do, you're representing your family. So, you know, the way they raise um, the families, just different. Like um, you were saying, uh, they're more open. They do a lot of different things. They accept a lot of things, um, you know, but I just really believe in the value of family, the old fashioned way. And just, you know, raising your kids and putting what you got into your kids because they're going to go out into the world and they're going to run into other people. They're going to marry other people. And it's just not about what you want, but it's about what they're going to be when they get out there in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something funny. When Daphne was little and, and started becoming a teenager, she always thought I had eyes in the back of my head. And that was another <laughs> thing that parents taught their children. Mm-hmm. When you're out in public, you never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. So they always thought I had eyes in the back of my head because whatever they did, I would get a phone call. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were like, how do you know this? How you know? You never know. So you have to teach your kids. You never know who's watching you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want it to come back on you. Mm-hmm. So always keep those guys in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Every way mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. And that is true. Yeah, that that is. That's, I guess that, yeah, that is good parenting. When they, you always feeling watched, you never really feel safe. So, with that being said, too, I know we already kind of talked about a little bit, but that was focused on advice with pregnancy. What kind of advice would you give just to new moms today in general? Um, I would say, as far as um, being a mom with your children, um, I feel like they mothers today they should know that their children are looking to them. Um, you know, and a lot of times we do a lot of things and buy things and give things. And, but I realized that really my boys, all they ever really wanted was me and my husband. They wanted time with us. They wanted our love. They wanted, they wanted us. So I think uh, to tell, I could tell a new mother, you know, it's good to have things. It's good to buy things and all that kind of stuff. But really your children really just need you, Um, your presence. um, Like Daphne's mom was saying, sitting down and when they're doing their homework, you're there with them, you know, and just being there, um, your presence is very important. I agree. But my, my best result as far as a mom of now, is until she become a mom. That's that's the only way she will actually find out. I, I, that's my now generation thing mm-hmm. to new mom. Until you get that feeling and hold your baby, then you will exactly know what kind of mom you want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, everybody has said this. When I get grown, I'm going to give my children blah, blah, this. I'm going to give my children all this and that. But until you actually become a mom, I really don't have an advice for advice for any new generation of mom. Mm. 
mm. right now because I feel like they have to get their own adjustment, their own warmth, their own love, their own just just their own feeling, mm-hmm. and then everything will come natural. That's mm-hmm. my biggest thing. Everything that you do, are you prepared to be, will be natural. Mm-hmm. And yes. That's my only advice to any young mother of today. Do it mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of what you said, uh, Miss Francine, about, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll get advice, but once you have a child, you'll know. Yes. It'll, it'll kick yes. in. So Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well. This was great. <laughs> that was interesting. Well, is there anything you know you uh, both of you would like to say in in closing? Um, besides the fact that you know you talk to both of your favorite children today, <laughs> we know that's the case. But anything else you would like to say <laughs> in closing? Uh, give you the floor. Oh, I love you. Have a good week. Nice talking to you, Terrell. You have a good week. Oh, nice and to don't forget to say Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> and I just okay. I, I just want to say that um you know thank you for inviting us both on your podcast and I just want you both to know that yes. I'm proud of you and what you're doing. I listen to every podcast. I don't miss one. Um and you guys are doing a great job. Um just keep doing what you're doing. Follow your dreams and you know it, it's going to take you places and you know I just thank you again for having us on. Oh, thank you. Of course. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Got much love for you. Proud of you. Yes. Waiting to come and see you. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to catch the plane with me. (laughs) Yes, my mom. She's kind of afraid of flight. So, yeah, flying. So, but no, thank you guys for for being on we can't wait to air this for mother's day and yeah yeah we appreciate it thank y'all love y'all um and you know we're here because of you guys so yes absolutely If you're interested in continuing this and other conversations, visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com to subscribe to our email list, suggest topics, and participate in our discussion forums. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BHD Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear.